You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everybody, I'm hoping and continuing that you are all relishing in Victory Monday, relishing in a two-game winning streak, relishing in your two-in-one Cleveland Browns. We're going to keep it flowing through this week. Uh, we are going to be joined by a great one, and I will get to that in a second. But your Tuesday edition of Locked On Browns is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entertaining the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Again, folks, uh, everybody, I hope this Monday morning, and for me, look, it rises a little high when you're feeling a little better about things, getting out, starting your work week, school week, whatever it may be. Joining us from the Around the NFL podcast, Mr. Mark Sessler. And we're going to get some things here on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to talk a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I I am assuming all of you watched the 425 national game yesterday because everybody's up in awe. And we'll talk a little bit about the Alice Cowboys, hence no mention of the letter D. And we will get to that here in a little bit. Mark Sessler. Mark, well, 69 points in the last two weeks, and I'll throw in the prerequisite. Nice. But this Browns offense, for where we were week one against the Ravens, and maybe this tells us more about the Ravens, or maybe it tells us that the Browns just weren't ready yet, seeing a lot of growth here from two games. And I think the difference with Cincinnati was you just went at him and basically kind of gave him everything. I think what we saw yesterday, and for me, one of my biggest takeaways was, and you know, it's so easy to use the word chess match, but for the first quarter, Browns had nothing going. Hey, you know what? Here's some things we're noticing. Let's start focusing on this. Bang, bang, bang. And then you walk in with a 10-point lead at halftime. Third quarter, again, offense not really clicking. You get to that fourth quarter, and yes, buoyed mostly by the run. And this is where I love this coaching staff. Just use what you think is going to get the job done. I don't need style points. I'm not in this for fantasy purposes, and sorry for those of you who are. But this offense starting to find its way, and you're starting to see the magnitude of what a room full of guys coaching together can achieve. I love what you noted about the um, the first and third quarters because that's something that um, has just been uh, tangibly missing from Browns teams of old where you go up against certain coaches and you just feel like the Browns coaching staff um, fails to adjust, um, fails to figure out their issues, um, you know, down the game in a stretch like they did yesterday. That third quarter where, you know, they produced two, three and outs, um, one total yard and two punts to come back and put together a 75 yard, 11 play drive for a touchdown. That just to me spoke to um, it's it's just simple buy in. I think this that these players, the most positive thing you could see could say, I think, is that they after three weeks, you know, Baltimore game, it is what it was. They can look at what's happening and say, our coaching staff puts together a good plan. And if we execute it, we're going to score points. We're going to score in the thirties. We're going to, 
we're going to be able to get ourselves out of some jams. I mean, that there is another sliding door scenario where Washington won this game. Their quarterback utterly melted down. And, you know, we can get to that part in a bit. But Cleveland is leaning on its strengths. Um, this is an old school Browns team, the way that, you know, back in the 80s, we used to watch teams like this with Kevin Mack and Ernest Biner. And there, it's so unusual to have two backs operating the way that Chubb and Hunt are right now, but to be used really well too, to be really well utilized by the coaching staff who has a good plan for every player on this roster right now. I'd also just say that the offensive line, um, it's it, it's been a it's been continuous. I mean, Jedrick, Jed Wills has... Is growing into the role, is he perfect? No, but they're not asking him to be. He is learning on the fly and playing pretty well. And we all know what you're getting out of Wyatt Teller, who's got to be one of the best surprises on the entire roster right now. And I think Bill Callahan is one of those coaches that wherever he goes, and the mm -hmm. Browns are lucky to have him, wherever Callahan goes, that offensive line plays better than they did the year before. Players are growing and maximized. And, uh, you know, th that formula can get you a winning record. I mean, it, we'll, we will see what happens down the road. Um, these were two teams I think that they should have beaten. Uh, if you look at the if you look at the rosters, there weren't a lot of excuses. But in years past, they would have lost one of these games, if not both, and, every, and the whole ship would be sinking. I, they have the talent when they're this organized to put up the points they put up. I, it's a very unusual um, Browns team to be watching because I just think that I'm damaged inside at this point. I've mentioned this on the show a thousand times in the past but it's very it's an unusual sensation and it's a welcome one to i don't have to worry about the coaching staff all week i don't think there's a, a browns fanatic needs to sit around you know wringing your hands over whether or not kevin stefanski and the staff can come up with a good plan so far so good for me the prime example of yesterday and yes once this game went to the fourth quarter and for all you listeners look Covering losses is tough. And look, the numbers aren't always there. And look, I get it. Maybe you guys get tired and you want to not focus on losses. I get it. I get it. For me, the prime example, and, and I don't want to call it a turning point, but just things were different maybe now as opposed to the past, is that crazy ball to Kareem Hunt where he makes a ridiculous reception. Baker made the right throw. You know, Kareem obviously didn't see it, was able to corral it in. And it's not that these players haven't tried in the past or done their best, but luck hasn't always been on their side. What happens on that play last year, two years ago? Kareem gets a hand on it. It bounces off his helmet, gets high enough just in the air where it gets picked off by a defensive back and goes 70 <laughs> yards for a touchdown. Right. He makes that one, hauls it in, and just a confidence level. That play in a nutshell, Mark, Shows me hopefully, and it's, you know, look, it's a mixture of everything, but maybe that's where, you know, the, in you talking about being the damaged one inside, we all know how a play like that could have worked out in years. Yeah, it's a great example. And I, I, I again, I just think that you can sense um, increased buy in. And I mean, I, you know, I, it's, it, it becomes tiresome to pick on Freddie Kitchens and, and pick on one of 18, you know, past coaches that, uh, you know, we're, we're not up to the job. Um, I see, I can see now why the front office pursued Kevin Stefanski. All right. Why this, why, you know, Dee Podesta like was on this track for a while. I, it's hard for us to know what some of these coordinators do. I think it was hard to get a real beat on what Stefanski was adding to 
a Vikings offense that so clearly had the fingerprints of Kubiak all over it too. So it, you know, it, there was always an element to that where what is a Kevin Stefanski offense going to look like? Um, and he, I think that there's a marriage of the right scheme, the right type of coach, who's a pretty even keeled guy and landing here where the talent is in house. You're not three drafts away and three free, free agency periods away from Kevin Stefanski having the pieces that he needs for his offense to look productive. And so that is, you know, you talk about luck and bad luck. Well, there's been endless bad luck, but a lot of it is your coach, your GM are infighting. There isn't a marriage between them. It's completely different right now. And, you know, you throw in the fact that Cleveland is being talked about as the first or second most um, successful user of analytics at this point. It's not shown up in wins, but I just think that they're a modern looking team right now. Uh, my concern is what happens in games, and this could happen in Dallas, this could happen at any point, where you're having to be put in a position where the running game gets a little bit thrown out the window because you're down by two touchdowns, you're down by 17 points, and there's a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield to somewhat, somehow save the day. I think Baker, and, you know, and this is he's a young quarterback, and patience is deserved, but I don't see a I don't see the the, league, the the attack being dominated by Baker Mayfield. I think that they're doing a really nice job in play action, getting him out of the pocket where he can make some of his better throws. But in a good way, that's positive. That's different from last year, where so much seemed to be on Baker's plate, and he seemed to be putting so much pressure on himself. Um, I, I do. I'm curious to see when we get into games with a different type of um, team, maybe you know a bit of more of a track meet. Can the Browns keep up if they have to go through the air? And look, there's going to come a time where this happens. And look, people are, you know, teams, they're going to be smart. They're going to see what's going on. And they're going to sell the living daylights out against this Browns running attack. And rightfully so. I mean, right now, that is what you're going to do to stop this team. And you're going to say six, you're going to have to beat us. But the efficiency, um, you know, not, you know, uh, for him, a broken eight-game streak by, you know, not throwing an interception. Thank you, Odell Beckham, for maybe you should play some free safety for this franchise. But it's going. There's going to come a time where it's going to come down to that, and you don't want to have to abandon the running game. And it may happen. Look, I mean, you know, yesterday you got to a point where I thought maybe you're going to have to abandon the running game the way it was looking going in the fourth quarter, stuck to their guns. But you can get you know, where we see games week in week out where it's 31 to 10, it gets close at the end by going 38 35. You're not going to be able to pull that off, Felmark, with just straight running the ball. You know, Baker's going to have to make some more throws. And this is maybe where the lack of what the time they've had to work together. It's great that the offensive line is playing fantastic. And, you know, the running backs were great running backs. So if you put them behind a good offensive line, that wasn't going to take a lot of time. Maybe this is where the one thing has slowed down the passing game some. And, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's something else to be mixed in here. Um, You have some receivers we haven't seen yet. You know, maybe there's something there, but, you know, it's got to get a little bit more. I mean, you know, yes, two, 200 with a win is fine, but there's going to be weeks where, you know, it's going to take 300, 350 to, you know, pull one of these games out. Yeah. I mean, and to your point, you know, I, I think they, the entire country watching football for the first time in so long um, didn't know what the Cleveland Browns would be under, under Stefanski. And yes, everyone talked about a run heavy team, but plenty of teams do that. And then they, they can't achieve it. And they, all the plans go out the window we now have, you know, a very good idea of what the Browns want to be. So you're right. When they get into, when they're made uncomfortable, 
what can they be then? Um, I like the fact that we're basically into October now. That's an extra three or four weeks of reps and practices for Baker. And, you know, I don't think that it's like a, a situation where they're playing around him. I think that this is a player, though, that is growing in confidence because he's finally being coached well, which, you know, to have to be on your fourth coach in his short career is a, a disaster. It's a disastrous situation. And, it, and everyone points to Sam Darnold having the toughest um, setup of any quarterback in the league, and I would agree with that. And I don't think there's a really close second at this point other than maybe Dwayne Haskins. And so Baker is, you know, surrounded by so much talent, but there's no accounting for what happened to him last season and all the change, all the transition that, you know, here we are in October that if if you ask him to play a game where he's got to throw the ball 45 times, I'm much more confident that can happen now than I was, you know, in watching some of those training camp practices where people looked like they were on, you know, minor doses of psilocybin. They just were not on the same page half the time. Much more cohesive at the moment, you'd hope. Yeah, it seems like they're starting to find their stride a little bit here. And we will get to uh, more with Marchessa. We're going to talk a little bit here about the defensive side of the ball and, you know, creating opportunities, which we saw plenty of yesterday. We'll still maybe peek ahead to the Cowboys on your Tuesday edition of Lockdown Browns. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on when the market will bear, similar to what the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. They have everything from engine and control modules and brake parts to paint, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Now, Mark, on the defensive side of the ball, and this is one where it, it gets weird. And, you know, like this is where, you know, Miles Garrett is the Barry Bonner, Sammy Sosa. It doesn't have to be every single down. It's it's getting the opportunity to make the biggest of plays, the key plays. But with him, Sheldon Richardson, this defensive line doing what they do, and once they got Dwayne Haskins rattled, similar to what they did to Joe Burrow on Thursday night, for what you're missing in the secondary, for where you don't have what most NFL teams have at the linebacker position, if you can get a quarterback a little bit rattled, you're going to force him into some simple mistakes. The key is to capitalize, and they haven't always been able to do that, but yesterday – Five turnovers. Yes, one was insignificant at the end of the first half, but who cares? You're going to take it, and you're certainly going to take it. Um, but you get the opportunity where players who are missing tackles, um, but if they're doing their assignment as far as coverage and, you know, look, do your best to be around the ball, the opportunities will be there, and we saw that yesterday in spades. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you're not going to run into too many um, meltdowns Uh that go your way the way that Dwayne Haskins just crumbled and that there are not all interceptions are created equally through some really, really bad throws and the Browns to their credit, you know, 
all right, then you generate points off the turnovers. I thought they did a good job with that. I, I, I'm not convinced the defense um, is anywhere close to being uh, an advantage. I mean, at best functional. And, you know, they're banged up and they've, they've got to get bodies back. Uh, but to me, just the idea that, you know, and I, I always get concerned when someone like Denzel Ward is battling an injury. Um, I, you, you lose a couple pieces and you're in hot water because I go back to what happened to, it wasn't all the same, you know, characters, but when Miles Garrett was literally out of the lineup last year, I mean, the whole defense completely imploded. And I think you're asking Miles Garrett to, you're right, and it's not every snap, but you need him to make the impact strip sacks and plays that he's made over the last two weeks. Those are, those, those are why he's paid the way he's paid. He has the talent and it's good to see these in a system where that's happening. I, I, you know, we, you look at a team like Dallas coming up and some of the, some of the, some of the offenses on their schedule in general, it's a much better schedule than last year, but you're going to ask your offense to have to hang in. I just, I, I see no uh, real strength in the back half of the defense beyond Denzel Ward. And, you know, it'll be nice, interesting to see when you get, uh, you know, Ronnie Harrison more in the mix. He played a little bit, a little bit yesterday. Um, I think Terrence Mitchell's been solid and, you know, I think they like him and right. And, and I mean, and you mentioned Sheldon Richardson. I mean, he's just popping off the screen. So the cupboard is not bare. I just, I think it's, again, it's another completely new scheme. Um, It's you, it's playing to certain strengths, but, but, but I I don't like any NFL defense where you look at like the linebacker group and you just say, you can go at that all day long. That is what that, I mean, it's an inviting situation for opposing defenses for, teams stacked to tight end so it's going to be a challenge but nfl defense is weird too i mean the way they look today could be completely different you know two months from now 100 and and like for me like the one thing where i took away from yesterday was the mclaren you know it was the five yard drag which led to you know, almost 35 40 yards and it was screamed a blown assignment and you know obviously something happened you know, somebody got confused or there was no communication. But this also is what's going to happen when, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, there's DBs playing who weren't playing. And, you know, I really haven't taken reps with you. And the cohesion, so to speak. Um, You know, Greedy Williams, Uh, you know, and look, it's, you know, day to day now. And my God, it's it's been three weeks of the regular season. Uh, It was uh, two to three weeks of the summer. Um, So we're in a wild card where we don't even know you know when greedy williams comes back what exactly greedy williams is in this defense because we didn't get to see much of it in the summer and obviously we haven't seen anything now and you know people are trying to give tavia thomas a hard time but i thought yesterday actually he played a little bit more functionally fit within the defense but look that's not what essentially what he's here for um you know kevin johnson got his feet wet yesterday you think he's going to be a player you know that can assist here but yeah i, I do go to terrence mitchell because you know, his first year here, you know, started was great and turnovers next to Denzel Ward. Looked like a really nice cornerback duo. And then it was, you know, like John Dorsey, like, wasn't happy enough with his Terrence Mitchell edition that he drafted Greedy Williams. But, like, Terrence Mitchell is kind of like, uh, right, well, we need you, Mitch. And, well, it shouldn't be that anymore. And, look, Greedy Williams, if he's ready to go and start on Sunday, I don't know if he should start. Um, I think this is Terrence Mitchell's job right right now. Um, he sh- There's zero reason he should step off of the field for Greedy Williams, who, you know, was an incomplete as a rookie. And we don't know where he's going to be this year. If you can get, and hopefully this is where fingers are crossed, because this is where I kind of would have been okay if Denzel sat yesterday. Him not finishing the game maybe confirmed this theory for me. Because, look, 
what's coming up Sunday between Gallup and Cooper and Lamb? And, you know, you need Denzel Ward for that game. So if they got a half at Denzel Ward yesterday, that wasn't nearly important enough for hopefully having a closer to 100% Denzel Ward Sunday down in Dallas. Yeah, I, I think this is a very fascinating challenge for the Browns on defense because, you know, for for the issues that, you know, the Cowboys have on, on defense, which are, you know, evident to anyone watching their games, they can just attack you in in such different in such different ways on offense. And I know that there are some people that have already had some issues with Mike McCarthy, situational play calling by Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore and stuff. Well, I, I also would just look at someone like, along with the stacked wide receiver crew last night or yesterday was not the greatest game for Zeke Elliott, but I think he is running as well in general as he has um, in years. I mean, I just, he is that guy right now. And, and so there isn't a weakness um, to the Dallas offense. I think the key would be for them to be competitive in general and hang up, hang around is generating turnovers. I mean, you're not going to get Dak Prescott's not going to do what, what Dwayne Haskins did. But, you know, any any kind of mistakes that you can capitalize on um, would be key. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is just a stacked opponent. And, like, you can look at Dallas and say, you know, they're, they are what they are. They're imperfect. But they have piled on points. 40 points two weeks ago, 31 yesterday. I, I think they're going to do it again. I don't see why. I think you'd have to say we have to go and try to win a game, you know, 37-34, 34-31, something like that. Yeah, I mean, you can expect, you know, the defense, you're not getting five turnovers. Um, Maybe you can, you know, up your sack total. Maybe that's a possibility. Um, But, you know, they need to come at this better on defense. And, look, if you can get a Kevin Johnson, Denzel Ward, Terrence Mitchell, um, maybe Ronnie Harrison plays more because, look, the Cowboys tight ends are a pain in the butt. They always are. And then even still, if you do all that, then you got to worry about Zeke, who was featured a lot in the passing game. Um, so it's, it's certainly going to be a monumental task, but on this defense and everybody, they got to do something at free safety guys. What are you going to do at this point? There's not much you can do. No, they're not going to go sign an Earl Thomas. They've had an opportunity to do that for weeks. They're not going to do that. Yes. Grant Elbert. It was a huge blow. It was a guy they thought could be that universal chess piece within the defense. But right now, look, there's nothing you can do about it, you know, for most of what's going on. And you look at everybody else's roster and the injuries they've gone through. Browns have one player on IR, one. They lost Grant Elpin. Other teams have lost several, a Baker's dozen. I mean, for some, uh, uh, where they're at now. You look at Denver, you look at San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco ran out a fourth, a week four preseason roster yesterday. So it, it, it's, and even still, as great as an offseason Marcus's front office had, you you just can never fix everything in one off season. And even if you did all of a sudden in the blink of an eye, something that looks really great, all of a sudden now you maybe have an issue with. Yeah. And I mean, you could point to Dallas too. And when you think of the Cowboys, you know, over the last half decade, you think of that offensive line, well, their offensive line's really banged up. That's an opportunity for Cleveland. You know, Lyle Collins uh, mm-hmm. is, is, is we'll, we'll see what happens with him. They're hoping Tyron Smith comes back, but Tyron Smith is not, the same guy he was a few years ago. So this is not that offensive line of old. So you have a chance there to, you know, to, to maybe disrupt and cause some impact. But um, 
I'm with you that I mean all these teams are going to go are going through the mill. I mean it's to get the, the this is the story of the NFL season. You know, you can you can hang on for so long with a healthy roster, but you're going to get banged up. They're going to lose star players here and there, and the best teams um turn backups into quality starters. I hate to always go back to Bill Belichick, but how many times have you seen him take a offensive lineman that literally no one's ever heard of and he's suddenly, you know, getting huge think pieces um, written about him on PFF because that's what the Patriots do with backups. Go look at, go look at new England's roster. I mean, it really boils down to cohesiveness, as you said, coaching. And I think the Cleveland's, you know, further along uh, globally than they were in the past. Um, But the idea that they're going to remain the healthiest, one of the healthier teams in terms of who's on IR and not that never lasts for long. No, it's, you know, that is definitely the, uh, you know, exactly. You're just, you know, waiting for, you know, essentially, you know, the rent to be due with that. And perfect example with New England, um, anybody who had Rex Burkhead in the fantasy lineup yesterday, congratulations, <laughs> three touchdowns. Right. Because I'm All sure that's exactly the, the did, way. You know? yeah. but, and I'm sure that's exactly what you were thinking when you dropped start to Rex Bur- Burkhard in your lineup yesterday. We're going to actually get a little bit more here. As we're uh, we'll talk a little bit Cowboys as we get ready to go into what will be your uh, week four game with the Dallas Cowboys as the Browns travel down there. The improved built bar is even deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors now, including nut and non-nut flavors, six brand new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake. Apple Almond Crisp, along with some of your favorites from the original brand, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, and coconut. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy and gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. They are also great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for the Cherry Barcia, 17 17 grams protein. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you will get $10 off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, no space, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Now, Mark, yesterday the woe is me was there during the 425 matchup, and this is where... And guys, I just don't get it. Enjoy it, relish in it. The Browns are two and one. And yes, maybe you figured they'd be two and one to this point. Okay, well then enjoy it because if what you figured came true, yes, Dallas has a ton of skill. And it's weird because the Browns, we haven't seen it all click yet, but the Cleveland Browns do have a ton at the skill position as well. But you look at this defense for Dallas, Mark. And, Mark, if we had spoken, I don't know, what, five months ago or before they actually signed and said, hey, you know who's going to be the MVP of the Dallas Cowboys going into week four? Alden Smith, who nobody's seen in, I guess it's a half a decade of where he hasn't played. And, yes, he's been fantastic. But there's names on this defense who really aren't getting it done. Their secondary is, I mean, it's a blender drink right now because they don't know necessarily what they have. And everyone wants to credit Diggs. Yeah, great play. DK Metcalf, bonehead play. Not so much Diggs with a good play. 
more DK Metcalf with a bonehead play. There's the opportunity. This and it seems weird to say, but this is the opportunity where the offense could maybe get some licks in again, feel better about themselves. The defense is obviously going to have to do their part as well. But just because Dallas can score in the 30s, um, look, I don't think the Browns are going to absolutely fall apart like Atlanta did if they get a lead. I also don't think, you know, where it went and you know, you're not going to get that gift from Dak to close out the game at the end there. You know, Dak will be smart to realize, hey, I got one more play, two more plays before this game is over. Yes, they are loaded on the offensive side of the ball. But the problem is they lost because they are having issues on D similar to what the Cleveland Browns are. Yeah, I mean, they're very lucky not to be 0-3. I would say this. They they played the Rams tight in one of the cleaner games we've seen this season. But Goff, mm-hmm. you know, who is much improved this season, you know, protected a little bit better. And I, th- I really like what the Rams have done on offense so far. Um, shredded Dallas. And Matt Ryan shredded Dallas. And Russell Wilson shredded Dallas. So, you know, they've given up an average of 400 yards per game. Uh, you know, there you can run on them. You can pass on them. You got to be able to wait. You got to find a way to contain them on the other side because they, you know, Dak Prescott and the Cowboys offense have put up nearly 600 yards two weeks ago, well over 500 yesterday. And they're that team. I mean, I just, I trust them to put up 35, 40 points, but there are opportunities against this defense. And I think that they're, the Cowboys are kind of built for shootouts and track meets right now. It's not what they'd want to be. I think they'd want their pass rush to, be in a different place nope. you know, they suffered some injuries too. And, and it's, you know, they've not really found a way like to your point, well, you can't just find a great safety right now. You can't just find pass rushers, you know, in the mist when you lose three or four uh, in August and September, but Alden Smith, maybe more of us should take five years off and then come back and revisit a life passion with a lot of shenanigans in between, because um, it was questionable if he'd ever play again. <laughs> and he has looked He's always looked this way. I've always felt that he's someone that you can see him quickly on screen. I mean, even even, with all the garbage in his life, he's always been an extremely talented player. Right. You don't see, you don't, it it almost reminds me a little bit of like when Josh Gordon would vanish for a year and then he'd come back and look like the most dominant player on the field. Um, I don't think that's the case now. A time will catch up with you. But Alden Smith is just, was just put here to dominate athletic situations. I mean, among other things. And so I would be real concerned with him. Uh, so that's, that's someone that, you know, Baker Mayfield has been his best when he's, when they put him on the move, when he's been well protected, he's been pretty well protected this season. I don't know about Baker Mayfield under a lot of pressure. I also don't think that this is the week where you'd, you'd peg um, Baker Mayfield to be under constant duress. I think both teams can be very productive on offense. Yeah, and this is one I, I go to here. Um, look, you know, for you know guys like Miles Garrett, for Baker Mayfield, you know, growing up in Texas, playing Texas high school football, you think about one day, if you're not a Dallas Cowboy, uh, about playing in that stadium in NFL games. Odell Beckham has always had big time. I mean, what made Odell Beckham the name he is now, the catch, was the Dallas Cowboys. But before that, there was, you know, production against Dallas, you know, continuously. The opportunity is here. You know, maybe we can get the passing game going this week. And yes, even with an Alden Smith. And this is where, you know, for Jedrick Wills, look, you know, week one, you know, he handled himself very well. 
week two, didn't really have a matchup where you're concerned about himself. Yesterday, you know, a couple penalties, Montez Sweat, freak athlete. Um, now you're going to week four. Now, how does Jedrick Wills change himself? Um, you saw Montez Sweat, who is one of, look, the production hasn't been there yet in this point in his career, but one of the greatest athletes at the edge rushing position. Alden Smith, what got him drafted so high coming out of Mizzou was the fact that he was this guy. And, you know, obviously technique grew with him. And apparently, I mean, obviously the guy's been working on his craft wherever he was and whatever he's been doing for the time. But this is for me, you know, I look at a player like Jedrick Wills. How do you evolve after, you know, take a little lumps this week? And it's fine if he's the fifth best offensive lineman on this team again. Um, and it's not that he's playing that bad. It's just the rest of this offense is established. And, you know, Wyatt Teller has taken that next step now in year three of his career, um, where Jedrick is obviously just a rookie. And again, every rookie goes through so much here. But Jedrick Wills, it's a big week. I mean, you're going to get a guy like Alden Smith here who's got the athleticism, now has the tools, has the discipline, um, able to use his hands better. This is a big week because you went to a guy on a similar path this week in Montez Sweat. Didn't really get to see Chase Young, which was <laughs> that's key. We all know that. But this is a big week for a player like Jedrick Wills. Yeah, I mean, I give him high high marks so far because I'll base off what you know Bill Callahan has said about him too, and the added you know challenge of having to flip sides, which we've talked about a bunch. I mean, but having that basically happen when the bullets are flying in live action, and I think he's he's you know held himself up well, and I I honestly that's the kind of player a lot of these rookies going through what they're going through this year. You just can imagine huge second year leaps, but there are chances each week to um, to raise his profile, and this is a big one. And uh, you know it it's an it's an excellent matchup. I think that Will's like they love how smart he is. I think he's he's been a quick study, and he's he, there's no question. I mean, here's some of these first round picks the Browns used to used to grab high ceiling for talent, but knuckleheads. Um, you know, just guys that had all this other baggage, right? I mean, there's just and that and that just happens to bad teams, and IDGA it throws you off course. Personalities. Right. I, I look at Wills and, and, and Garrett, um, guys like Nick Chubb. These guys are kind of no drama, no nonsense dudes. And, and that's why I just think someone like Wills like, will be a successful pick for them. And he's played pretty well. I mean, I'm not like an offensive line guru by any stretch of the imagination, but you read about the guys that do, guard, that do grade this stuff um, that have you know played themselves too in some cases. And it's like the overall reviews on Wills are... are they're fine so far. And he's the one guy that had to switch sides, which I, I, I don't even know what the equivalent would be for one of us at the job that we do. Suddenly, I guess I'd be writing NFL articles in Spanish. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure what, what the equivalent is. Well, for me, what I always say is, and what you tell everybody in, in, in the simplest of terms is live your life. If you're a righty, live your life like a lefty for the next day. Try to brush your hair, <laughs> try to brush your teeth, right. try to make a sandwich. That's literally what he's trying to do. And I think with Wells and uh, Wells, and I think this is where you make a great point is this is maybe what drew. Um, look, you could have gotten Mackay Beckton, who had the you know experience there. There, there. there were, you know, with this tackle group and they're all holding their own to this point. You, you could have just said, well, you know, why are we going to ask this of him? You know, why are we going to, you know, wh why do we have to take this shot? Um, probably what it is, is that the kid blew him away as far as, you know, being able to absorb, being able to grasp and, you know, with, you know, being, you know, this high, as far as analytics, what's going to impress you is the way folks speak, you know, the way they rep represent themselves. 
you know, they're willing to do this. And I know, um, you know, Desmond Harrison had a free pass from Joe Thomas to get better. But you want to know what? It required Desmond Harrison giving up his time, his free time, to get better at his craft. Didn't do it. Um, Jedrick Wills, absolutely. I'll talk with Joe Thomas. No problem. Uh, I'll be glad to. And it's a dedication to, hey, I'm not in the NFL. I want to be really, really good in the NFL. And now I, I think with this, you're starting to see more and more why, you know, Wills was the player they ultimately chose at 10, understanding they were going to put a lot on his plate. Folks, we're about out of time. Um, as you know, uh, Mark Sessler is one of the fantastic group of the Around the NFL podcast. Um, and as terrible as this situation is right now with everything, I'm glad because it does give an opportunity for, you know, Mark to come on a couple times this year. Um, luckily, in years past, we've been able to get him once a month. We can maybe get him a little more frequently now where, you know, uh, his duties are, you know, leaving him at home to do almost all of his work. So we are thankful for that. So make sure you were downloaded, subscribed to the Around the NFL podcast. The Make sure you're following Mark, as you guys all know, at Mark Sessler. Uh, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Uh, DMs are open. Follow back account, as you guys know. Five-star ratings, written reviews, iTunes, Spotify. appreciate that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, questions, I, you know, ideas for the show, DMs are open for there. Enjoy two and one. Stop nitpicking for the God's sakes. Enjoy the living daylights out of it. And we don't know nothing about the Dallas game until it's over on Sunday. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on VLOB. Let's go Browns.